Hi, my name is Jordan. I'm part of the Broken Headphones podcast on UMFM 101.5. Today on the show, we have Kimortal, who is a non-binary musician from British Columbia, born to parents who immigrated from the Philippines. They have released two alt-rap albums, the more recent of the two being long-listed for a Polaris Prize. They have also worked in other mediums, too, such as poetry and animating music videos. Welcome. I would love to ask the first question, which uh, I, I watched your bio movie on your website, and you uh, talked a lot about um, trying to celebrate your specific identity and background in what you make. Um, but I'd, I'd love to have some more like specific examples of that, of, of how you do that and when and how you something that, you know, you think only with your specific background could have made. Well, I love the fact that there are so many different artistic mediums to express the self and um, that there's so many different senses to also tap into. And so I kind of like, I have this desire in me to speak from my story, which is very specific. And I think it's really important to just like be specific about your story. Cause like, yeah, I'm queer, non-binary and I'm a settler on Turtle Island. Um, you know, I, there's so many, there's just so many intersections of me. And I feel like when I see people share their honest story and it's like very different from what is not cut dry, it's refreshing and I feel not alone. So I think that's integral to a lot of what I do. And at the same time, too, I like creating art and music where I can also rest. And so sometimes my art is not particularly about like me telling my story and all the intersections I'm on. Sometimes I'm like, I want to vibe out and make a really dope beat and I just want to flow on it. You know, and then when I create that backdrop of whatever it is, whether it's music or visual or animation, then I, then I feel good to flow and to tell my story. And um, I hope that answered the question. Yeah, I think it did pretty well. I believe Kenneth had the next one. Kim, nice to meet you. Um, yeah, my question was, uh, on also has to do with identity because you, you're Filipinx, non-binary and Canadian. And with my experience, my parents are also, uh, immigrants and me growing up, I always heard I'm not, uh, my parents are from Nicaragua. So I heard that I'm not Nicaraguan, but I'm not Canadian either because you go to school and. You're obviously not Canadian like anyone else. Um, and I read in an article that was published on you, and you mentioned that uh, art kind of helps to mend all the different 
uh, fragments and pieces of your of your identity. And I guess I'm just wondering how art has done that for you. And yeah, totally. I totally hear you. Um, uh, I have when you asked the question, I thought of this rap that I wrote, and it's like it goes. Um, I'm that hyphen in the middle. So it's like you're Nicaraguan Canadian. So it's like that hyphen in the middle or like mm. Filipinx Canadian. I'm that hyphen in the middle, which is silent. Right. And that symbol is, I source it from one of my friends who's also an MC, who's also of Filipino descent, Ruby Abara, who's this really dope MC from, I believe the Bay, but she has this one spoken word and she talks about the hyphen. And I think there's a lot of power as well in the hyphen because like I'm the first generation in my entire lineage to be here, which is like, if you really think about that, that's like, that's really unreal. Like, whoa, right? So it's like, like we're our own kind and we're valid as like like second generation first generation whatever on turtle island and we have different responsibilities as well like we it's still tied into like we have a responsibility like in relation to the land that we're on because we have like wonderful and also complex we we're in a complex place because like we're on indigenous land and because we're also from um our ancestors land it's like we get it but we don't you know like like we do but we don't because we're also part of like displacing we're also part of the ongoing occupation on turtle island but we're also brown so we're racialized and we deal with racism and all the intersections that come with that so that's again that's again why it's so um like why i love putting it into rap and like putting it into poetry because you know this is this is history right now it's like happening right now and it's like there's a war there's a war going on and so it's like what are, it's like a lot of my art sometimes is like why am i here who am i it's like those are the questions that i'm answering like why get up every morning why do what i do and i feel like every time i rap i hear my voice and I'm like, oh, I'm a person, I'm a human. I'm not just in my head because I feel like so much of the time I live like I'm on the outside looking in and I've always kind of been that way. And so yeah. when I make art and when I perform, I'm like jolted into the present. And that's where my ancestors want me to be in the present and in the healing. And so, I feel like that's the beautiful power of also being a performer because it's embodied. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I like the, the whole idea of being the hyphen and uh, being the silent, but we are in a, in a weird situation cause we're, yeah, we're not from here, but we were born here and it is our responsibility to help as we can. So I'm glad your way is, is through your art and your music and your poetry. So thanks Kim. Yeah. That's awesome. That's an awesome question. I also think like the hyphen is like such a cool place to be. Like sometimes I think about it and there was there's one poem I never released, but the hyphen is like a trampoline. It's like you yeah. bounce off it 
And it's like, it's also like a potential limitlessness because it's like this liminal space. It's like this gap to fill or to not fill. And it's like your choice as, you know, you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Hey! I read in your bio that you have Mm -hmm. Ilocano ancestry. And then I was going to ask a question about like how maybe language influences how you structure your sentences or like your lyrics. But then I realized you have like this song Ampalaya on Bandcamp or somewhere. <laughs> so maybe <laughs> yeah. you can just talk about how you created Ampalaya and how yeah. language kind of influenced that. So I, I struggle with my mother tongue um, because I understand it, but I can't speak it. Um, I wish I underst- I wish I could speak it. And I feel like at the same time too, there's potential as a rapper or as like a wordsmith to practice, um, even if you suck, you know? And, and um, with Ampalaya, Ampalaya is basically the word bitter melon in Tagalog. Um, and I wrote the song with my friend who's Ilocano as well and queer and, um, we were talking about bitter melon and how it's like hella bitter. And we use it as a symbol to talk about this person that we had big feelings for who like didn't know their power over us. And so we were like bitter about it. We were like, ah, fuck this person. Like they're, they're so crushable. Fuck them. You know that. <laughs> and so it, it, the, the, the feeling was like bittersweet. And so um, the hook of it is like, is like, Ampalaya, fuck you, Ampalaya. Sorry, I don't know if I'm allowed to, but you can censor that later. But um, the hook is like, F you, F you, Ampalaya, F you. And, um, and, and yeah, like that's, it, that song was really like, it's, it's actually really funny to us, but it's also serious. Like, and that's kind of funny. Um, and I feel like, uh, oh, another thing too is Paria is the Ilocano word for bitter melon. And I could have named it Paria. And I, I, I kind of feel like I could have done that, but you know, that's maybe that's like a, a second title for it. But um, yeah, I feel like I'm still learning about Ilocano. I personally love Ilocano way better than Tagalog um, because my mom is Ilocano and a lot of the cousins I'm close with are on my mom's side. And so I would hear Ilocano a lot growing up at family reunions. And at the same time too, Tagalog being the language that my parents spoke in the house, that was what I heard more of at home. Um, But again, there's tons of dialects in the Philippines and as a result of colonization, there's that homogenization of our languages to just be Tagalog and like English, which is taught in the Phil's for non-Filipino folks listening. And um, so, yeah, I, I have so much nostalgia with Ilocano, but it's also the language that I don't know of most. Um, and at the same time, too, it's cool because I'm learning Ilocano. I bought an an Ilocano dictionary recently and I like flip through it and I like just say it to myself even if I don't know what I'm saying and I'm like oh every time I hear myself say I'm like oh my god oh my god look at me but (laughs) but um 
yeah, it's, it's a journey. I feel like it's a really cool journey, but it's also a struggle because I wish I could connect to my elders and to people I've met in the Philippines, in my mom's homeland, um, in Ilocano. But again, that's, a, that's our own specific struggle. In your video, you talked about how, you know, when your parents came over to Canada, they felt you had to be successful. And so that meant a lot of you integrating into more white culture. Hence, you didn't get to experience the Filipino culture that you sh that I would say you should have. But do you feel that if you had experienced, if you had been exposed to Filipino culture, do you feel like you would be a different Kim? Mm, yeah, totally. Like. I mean, it's interesting because like I do, I do have exposure to Filipino culture, but it's like my parents went to um, church, right? And so like growing up, I would go to church and there was like Filipino congregations in the church. And so that was my Filipino community or it was like my fam here, you know, but it, if, if, for example, it was Kim who grew up in Pangasinan, where my mom uh, was born, or in Necros Occidental, where my dad was born, or in Manila, oh my god, I, that would be completely different, totally different. Like, I mean, I would be in the Philippines, uh, I don't even know if I'd feel, feel safe or good, in, like in a good position to be an activist and an artist right now in the Philippines where like Duterte is under power, this like corrupt um, president who deems activists and artists alike as terrorists. And so like the, I guess the privileges that I have here are you know, they're different than what it would be like in the Philippines. Would I have pursued art? I don't know. Like, it, it's, it would be a completely different story. That sounds like, um, that sounds like a potential story to write. You know, like how there's stories out there, but then there's fan fiction? That sounds like a fan fiction for Kimortal or something. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's, again, it's like, uh, if I grew up here and I had a, I learned Filipino, I had like, it, it would just be different, you know? Yeah, that's a great question. Fan fiction, Kimortal. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, might, might have to get someone to go write that fan fiction because it sounds like I really want to read it. But I think Ostani has the next question. Hey, how's it going, Kim? Good, how are you? Pretty good. Uh, yeah, is that that writing exercise that you did? The, the one where we picked our favorite genius lyrics? Except I had longer hair then. Yeah, that was fun. I remember. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I like remember. the haircut. Thanks. It's always nice to shave that. I feel like uh, it's always like a good restart. And I was like, whenever I shave it, I'm like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do things right. I'm gonna get up early or whatever, but then I never do. I, I really like the idea of a morning, but I just can't seem to get up in the morning. <laughs> but yeah, That's I, remember, I remember you were saying that you got up at like 5 a.m., eh? Mm -hmm. Are you still, are you still doing that? Like, I am trying so hard, but for some reason, I just keep sleeping at 1 a.m. every day, which makes sense to my body's bio biological clock. But I am working towards it. Like, I had a very clear 
vision three weeks ago to be like, I'm going to wake up every morning, 5 a.m., and I'm going to mm. write. Mm. That was a 5 a.m. writing club. And so that was clear. But now I'm like, should I wake up at 5 in the morning and make beats? Mm. Uh, I could make a 5 in the morning and do art. But I think it's because I'm, I don't have clarity of what I want to do at 5 that I'm not doing it. Mm. But I'd love to because that, was, that felt so rewarding. And I felt like a superhero. Mm. I know how yeah. you feel. Yeah, I was I was doing the 5 a.m. thing like probably like at the beginning of COVID. I was like, yeah, I was like waking up, like making beats. I was like going for like, I was doing skip rope because that's my favorite cardio to do in my backyard at 5 a.m. Makes me feel like Rocky. So I was like doing wow. that a bunch. And then right after I'd like get into writing and I was like, oh yeah, this is sick. Um, that's amazing. Oh, it's so fun. But yeah, I'm on the same thing as you where I'm like, I'm like, I want to get back to that so bad. But like, I don't know if you have like that thing where uh, when you get started on a beat and you just like, you can feel it like getting to this place where you're like, oh, it's almost done. And then you like, you're like, I'll shut it down for now. And then like wake up or like, just like be like constantly going back to it. That's like where I'm at right now with music. I just like, can't shut the computer down and I can't get to sleep because of it. <laughs> yeah. Mm. yeah, recently um, uh, I learned of this app and it's called BFT, which means, which stands for Big Friendly Teeth. Frick, I forgot what the T stands for. Anyways, the app is a bear and it's a 25 minute bear and you turn over your cell phone and the the sound of rain starts and um, the 25 minute timer counts down. And every time you flip the cell over, the bear looks at you with an angry face and the clock pauses. And that has been like amazing. Like I've, I've been using that a lot to like finish beats or mm. to like finish raps. It's like, don't overthink it. Cause that's, that's where we all go wrong as artists is when we overthink things and like, you know, Sometimes it hits really hard at the initial idea, but mm -hmm. that's something that's really helpful, just like timers. Like when I was young, my, this is not a cool parenting move, I don't think, but my mom used to like time us to eat our meals on time, <laughs> like right away. Like she'd set an egg timer for like 15 <laughs> minutes and then we would have to eat our food really quick. But yeah, I think that's probably why the timer works for me. Yeah, that makes sense. I should try that idea because that, that, yeah, there's something to just like, yeah, pumping out beats is, or like pumping out ideas is definitely a good habit to get into instead of like thinking about it for like 30 minutes and putting it, just like getting rid of that barrier and putting it. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I guess that kind of brings me to my, my question just about like, you've been making music for, for quite a, for quite a while and then on your Spotify uh, and your uh, streaming, it, you dropped an album in 2019. So, but you were making music for like so long. So how was that experience? Like waiting to drop an album? Like did, was there a lot of like twists and turns in the road? Like what made mm -hmm. you decide dropping in 2019? And how did you hold on to that idea? Um, 2019 was like, all right, let's just do this because it was like literally like it was like next year, guys. Facebook announcement: I'm dropping my album in three months. Sorry, guys, just an update. I'm pushing it next, you know. And it was like always like that. And I 
was also um, touring with um, a hip hop theater production. I was I did a one person play. Um, I was taking I was taking care of family at the time. Um, mental health is really big in my fam, um, and uh, man, it was so much. And I. I was also doing many jobs, moving lots, oh God, just tons of things. And 2019 just was the year to do it. And I, it took so long. I, and I've been doing music since, I've been doing music seriously since my last album dropped, which was um, 10 years ago, 10, 11 years. And at the same time, too, I don't regret releasing my album um, in 2019, which was a five-year process, because in that time, I really, I performed my songs before I wrote, I recorded them. And so having that experience of, like, going to and performing the track and then recording it made the recording as similar to the performance as possible. And so that was a pro. But um, for the next album, I'm doing the opposite of what I've done, which is I'm just giving myself two months to write songs and then to push it out and to be like, this is what it is, you know? And I have the not you have the knowledge and it doesn't have to be perfect. And so I'm trying to break down perfectionism and trying to get it all right. And I think that's like shadow work I have to do and I'm continuing to do as an artist is to like let go of feeling like I have to know everything and I have to like, you know, yeah. And so lots, so much happened in those years and it made that album what it is. P.S. This is the coolest interview. There's like so many of you. It's like boom, 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 boom. boom. <laughs> also just want to say, yeah. Uh... I I don't know how either of you have been getting up at 5 a.m. at all. My circadian rhythm does not have the strength for that at all. Maybe I'm just weak. I don't know. And before I get to my next question, I want to remind anyone who just entered halfway that you are listening to Studio 393's Broken Headphones podcast on UMFM 101.5, and we are sitting with Kimortal. And my next question for them is, what, uh, what's some advice you would give to someone who's just entering the music industry on what to do with it? Mm, that's a great question. Um, hmm. I think, Definitely decolonize the way you think about the music industry because the music industry is an industry. And so it revolves around um, really protecting capitalism and protecting white supremacy and all the things that go with that. So that's racism, sexism, homophobia, transphobia, classism, ableism, all of that. And um, us as musicians, we're fucking dope. Right. We have our own stories. We yeah. have our communities and we have everything we need. But the industry and society is like, 
you have to be better than that person. Or they're like, oh my God, there's so much scarcity. You have to, you have to, you have to claim it all. Ah. <laughs> and it's like, you have to be this way, you know, or you're a machine, produce, produce, produce. When's your next thing coming out? Wow, you suck, right? And that's all, those are, those are not your voices. None of that is yours. Um, you have your, like you said, you have your own circadian rhythm. We all have our own rhythms and we have to tune into that. As artists, we, we call the shots, we decide, we, we, we call the shots. And at the same time too, um, one thing I'm learning is to ask for help um, and to, um, to like see the people around me because I feel like it's very much like, you know how horses have those, those, uh, what are those called? I don't, I don't know what those are called, but they, lines? I, don't, I know what you mean. The things yeah, on the side of their paws. Exactly. And it's like one thing as an artist is like, I can be so in my own thing in my little, I don't know, cave, making, making, making. And sometimes I forget to look around me and to see the stars, the village, the talented, beautiful abundance all around us. And I just am reminded of that every day. So continue to stay connected to the people and the earth and everything that gives you that like, ooh, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Thank you, that was really helpful. <laughs> I think Mercy was going next. Yeah, so I kind of want to go back to the 5 a.m. thing and the poetry you were writing at 5 a.m. I quite like the poetry. Like, that's one of my favorite things you've done so far. I'm a poetry person. But in your bio video, you talked about a lot about, like, finding yourself and discovering who you are. And so I was just wondering, do your 5 a.m. poems help you find yourself even more? Or are they a way of helping you come to terms with who you are now? Mm, all of the above, A and B. Because I am the past and the present and the future. And um, it's so cool to write like that because things I've been thinking about and storing in the very back corners and the dusty shelves and compartments of my head, they emerge somehow. And that helps me free up space to like welcome in the new. And so those 5 a.m. poetry um, exercises was like, um, I really treasure that now because like one, it's like new content to like spit on stage. But at the same time, it's like, um, it's like, it's like archives. It's like an archive of like how I think you know, uh, in the moment and in the present. And so it really does show me who I am and where I've been. Um, just like, I felt like it was really healing. Like I really helped, it really helped me organize my thoughts because um, I have ADHD um, and I always want to do a hundred things in a second. And so, um, those poems really helped me just go like this and go 
right? And yeah, I just, I really recommend it. And honestly, if you can't do 5am, if it's any time of the day, even for like an hour, and you just have your countdown clock, I think that's good enough. Because 5am is 5am. So Hey Kim, so I'm going to preface this next question. Um, I come from a family that's like hardcore religious, they're like Catholic. <laughs> and um, so you have this song called Stars, and it's like, I am made of stars. Um, that kind of like goes against the like Catholic creation story that we all come from Adam and Eve. How does like, yeah, do you want to like talk about how maybe... Do, is, are your parents religious too? And like, do they support mm. you in like the, the content or like the things that you bring out that are not so religious or like just goes against maybe the Catholic religion? Totally. Um, so I grew up in, I grew up going to church. The first time I performed in front of an audience, I was five years old and I recited Psalms 23 in front of a church of like, primarily like white faces, um, elders. And my, my fam was the first Filipino fam in my school as well. And so Christianity was a huge part of my life. And I respect if others are also Christian and Catholic. It's, um, I personally don't as affiliate myself to different religions. At the same time too, um, the Philippines was colonized by the the Spanish for over 300 years, which meant that religion was used as a tool to control our people. And so what's beautiful and resilient about our people is that despite the indoctrination, our animist and polytheist views still seep through the cracks of this doctrine. And so um, despite you know the Christianity and the Catholicism that was very rigid in my family, there was like stories around like moths, you know, there was stories about the dead. There was like, you know, superstitions, what people call like, like, like not voodoo, I don't want to say that. Um, like what people find, you know, not Christian or Catholic that came through in the way my parents communicated with me sometimes. And um, that also ties in with stars because, um, I, throughout these past few years, I've connected with Filipino folks in the diaspora, not just here on unceded Coast Salish territory, um, of Filipinx folks that are reconnecting with co cosmology um, and uh, how we used to read the stars as a compass to navigate through the waters. Um, and at the same time too, stars, that song came up because um, it emerged during a time in which I was connecting with um, my friends, JB, the First Lady, and Missy D, um, who are also in that track, um, Black and Indigenous MCs, uh, women of color that are amazing. And all of us have these traditions and like connections to the stars. I mean, if you look at our anatomy, we are stars, right? And big ups to... Uh, to uh, Cosmos, because uh, uh, I watched that um, religiously. <laughs> um, and I was just obsessed and like, there's just so much out there, oh my God. And so, yeah, like, 
it 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 goes against these rigid indoctrination indoctrinated understandings but it's there like it's you can't discount the fact that we're stars and we're connecting and that there's like a global cipher happening where we're like lifting each other up to shine you know and like that's a really beautiful thing and so it's the truth um in my opinion stars is the truth you're you're a star we're all stars yeah, we're here. all stars oh, that's a beautiful truth thank you for making that song <laughs> yeah thank you for that question thanks so uh what have you been working on recently what can we expect to hear in the future coming up totally um i'm currently writing for a queer filipinox musical i'm also writing music for a sequel to a hip-hop um, theater production that my friend is writing theater productions take years so that'll be i don't know years from now um i'm working on an album i'm recording it in august i'm also um writing a song about um gender and uh, that's going to be aired at the Vancouver Children's Festival. And I'm also collaborating with different producers in the city to create new songs for the album. And I'm always drawing. And um, recently I took up uh, field painting. And so I bought this like portable uh, easel. And um, it's a practice of presence when I just like set up and I paint what's in front of me. And um, I just set up my studio space so I'm jamming. I'm trying to jam every day. And uh, what else? You know, uh, hanging out, having fun. Uh -huh. That's uh, that's really cool, especially the uh, theater productions, because I had no idea that you did that stuff as well. And the uh, field painting, I'm interested to see how that comes up just because it's a new thing for you. Um, I'd like to say one more time. Thanks for listening to 393's interview with Comortal on Broken Headphones podcast on UMFM 11.5. And thank you very much for coming, Comortal. I, uh, I know you definitely seem to do really enjoy it, so I'm very glad that you did. I definitely did as well. So, again, thank you for coming. Thank you. 393 is the truth.